Chapter 11 of Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 3. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombeau. Chapter 11. Proofs in Continuation, Extracted from St. John's Gospel. The Gospels are four in number, neither more nor less. Mystic reasons for this. 1. John, the disciple of the Lord, preaches this faith, and seeks, by the proclamation of the Gospel, to remove that error which by Serinthus had been disseminated among men, and a long time previously by those termed Nicolaitans, who are an offset of that knowledge falsely so called, that he might confound them, and persuade them that there is but one God, who made all things by his word, and not, as they allege, that the Creator was one, but the Father of the Lord another, and that the Son of the Creator was, forsooth, one, but the Christ from above another, who also continued impassable, descending upon Jesus, the Son of the Creator, and flew back again into his pleroma, and that Monogenes was the beginning, but Logos was the true son of Monogenes, and that this creation to which we belong was not made by the primary God, but by some power lying far below him, and shut off from communion with the things invisible and ineffable. The disciple of the Lord therefore desiring to put an end to all such doctrines, and to establish the rule of truth in the church, that there is one Almighty God, who made all things by His Word, both visible and invisible, showing at the same time that by the Word, through whom God made creation, He also bestowed salvation on the men included in the creation, thus commenced His teaching in the Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made. What was made was life in him, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. All things, he says, were made by him. Therefore in all things this creation of ours is included. For we cannot concede to these men that the words, all things, are spoken in reference to those within their pleroma. For if their pleroma do indeed contain these, this creation, as being such, is not outside, as I have demonstrated in the preceding book. But if they are outside the pleroma, which indeed appeared impossible, it follows, in that case, that their pleroma cannot be all things. Therefore this vast creation is not outside the pleroma. 2. John, however, does himself put this matter beyond all controversy on our part, when he says, He was in this world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own things, and his own people received him not. But according to Marcion, and those like him, neither was the world made by him. Nor did he come to his own things, but to those of another. And according to certain of the Gnostics, this world was made by angels, and not by the word of God. But according to the followers of Valentinus, the world was not made by him, but by the Demiurge, for he, Soter, caused such similitudes to be made, after the pattern of things above, as they allege. But the Demiurge accomplished the work of creation, for they say that he, the Lord and creator of the plan of creation, 
by whom they hold that this world was made, was produced from the mother, while the gospel affirms plainly that by the word which was in the beginning with God, all things were made, which word, he says, was made flesh and dwelt among us. 3. But, according to these men, neither was the word made flesh, nor Christ, nor the Savior, Soter, who was produced from the joint contributions of all the aeons. For they have it, that the word and Christ never came into this world, that the Savior, too, never became incarnate, nor suffered, but that he descended like a dove upon the dispensational Jesus, and that, as soon as he had declared the unknown Father, he did again ascend into the Pleroma. Some, however, make the assertion that this dispensational Jesus did become incarnate, and suffered, whom they represent as having passed through Mary just as water through a tube. But others allege him to be the son of the Demiurge, upon whom the dispensational Jesus descended, while others again say that Jesus was born from Joseph and Mary, and that the Christ from above descended upon him, being without flesh and impassable. But according to the opinion of no one of the heretics was the word of God made flesh. For if any one carefully examines the systems of them all, he will find that the word of God is brought in by all of them as not having become incarnate, sine carne, and impassable, as is also the Christ from above. Others consider him to have been manifested as a transfigured man, but they maintain him to have been neither born, nor to have become incarnate, whilst others hold that he did not assume a human form at all, but that, as a dove, he did descend upon that Jesus who was born from Mary. Therefore the Lord's disciple, pointing them all out as false witnesses, says, And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. 4. And that we may not have to ask, Of what God was the word made flesh? He does himself previously teach us, saying, There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came as a witness, that he might bear witness of that light. He was not that light, but came that he might testify of the light. By what God then was John, the forerunner, who testified of the light, sent into the world? Truly it was by him, of whom Gabriel is the angel, who also announced the glad tidings of his birth, that God, who also had promised by the prophets that he would send his messenger before the face of his son, who should prepare his way, that is, that he should bear witness of that light in the spirit and power of Elias. But again, of what God was Elias the servant and the prophet? Of him who made heaven and earth, as he does himself confess. John, therefore, having been sent by the founder and maker of this world, how could he testify of that light, which came down from things unspeakable and invisible? For all the heretics have decided that the Demiurge was ignorant of that power above him, whose witness and herald John is found to be. Wherefore the Lord said that he deemed him more than a prophet. For all the other prophets preached the advent of the paternal light, and desired to be worthy of seeing him whom they preached. But John did both announce the advent beforehand, in a like manner as did the others, and actually saw him when he came, and pointed him out, and persuaded many to believe on him, so that he did himself hold the place of both prophet and apostle. For this is to be more than a prophet, because first apostles secondarily prophets, but all things from one and the same God himself. 5. That wine, which was produced by God in a vineyard, and which was first consumed, was good. 
none of those who drank of it found fault with it and the lord partook of it also but that wine was better which the word made from water on the moment and simply for the use of those who had been called to the marriage for although the lord had the power to supply wine to those feasting independently of any created substance and to fill with food those who were hungry he did not adopt this course but taking the loaves which the earth had produced and giving thanks and on the other occasion making water wine he satisfied those who were reclining at table and gave drink to those who had been invited to the marriage showing that the god who made the earth and commanded it to bring forth fruit who established the waters and brought forth the fountains was he who was in these last times bestowed upon mankind by his son the blessing of food and the favor of drink the incomprehensible acting thus by means of the comprehensible and the invisible by the visible since there is none beyond him but he exists in the bosom of the father six for no man he says hath seen god at any time unless the only begotten son of god which is in the bosom of the father he hath declared him for he the son who is in his bosom declares to all the father who is invisible wherefore they know him to whom the son reveals him and again the father by means of the son gives knowledge of his son to those who love him by whom also nathaniel being taught recognized him he to whom also the lord bare witness that he was an israelite indeed in whom was no guile the israelite recognized his king therefore did he cry out to him rabbi thou art the son of god thou art the king of israel by whom also peter having been taught recognized christ as the son of the living god when god said behold my dearly beloved son in whom i am well pleased i will put my spirit upon him and he shall show judgment to the gentiles he shall not strive nor cry neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets a bruised reed shall he not break and smoking flax shall he not quench until he send forth judgment into contention and in his name shall the gentiles trust seven such then are the first principles of the gospel that there is one god the maker of this universe he who was also announced by the prophets and who by moses sent forth the dispensation of the law principles which proclaim the father of our lord jesus christ and ignore any other god or father except him so firm is the ground upon which these gospels rest that the very heretics themselves bear witness to them and starting from these documents each one of them endeavors to establish his own peculiar doctrine for the ebionites who use matthew's gospel only are confuted out of this very same making false suppositions with regard to the lord but marcion mutilating that according to luke is proved to be a blasphemer of the only existing god from those passages which he still retains those again who separate jesus from christ alleging that christ remained impassable but that it was jesus who suffered preferring the gospel by mark if they read it with love of truth may have their errors rectified those moreover who follow valentinus make copious use of that according to john to illustrate their conjunctions shall be proved to be totally in error by means of this very gospel as i have shown in the first book since then our opponents do bear testimony to us and make use of these documents our proof derived from them is firm and true eight 
it is not possible that the gospels can be either more or fewer in number than they are for since there are four zones of the world in which we live and four principal winds while the church is scattered throughout all the world and the pillar and ground of the church is the gospel and the spirit of life it is fitting that she should have four pillars breathing out immortality on every side and vivifying men afresh from which fact it is evident that the word the artificer of all he that sit upon the cherubim and contains all things he who was manifested to men has given us the gospel under four aspects but bound together by one spirit as also david says when entreating his manifestation thou that sittest between the cherubim shine forth for the cherubim too were four-faced and their faces were images of the dispensation of the son of god for as the scripture says the first living creature was like a lion symbolizing his effectual working his leadership and royal power the second living creature was like a calf signifying his sacrificial and sacerdotal order but the third had as it were the face of a man an evident description of his advent as a human being the fourth was like a flying eagle pointing out the gift of the spirit hovering with his wings over the church and therefore the gospels are in accord with these things among which jesus christ is seated for that according to john relates his original effectual and glorious generation from the father thus declaring in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god also all things were made by him and without him was nothing made for this reason too is the gospel full of all confidence for such is his person but that according to luke taking up his priestly character commenced with zacharias the priest offering sacrifice to god for now was made ready the fatted calf about to be immolated for the finding again of the younger son matthew again relates his generation as a man saying the book of the generation of jesus christ the son of david the son of abraham and also the birth of jesus christ was on this wise this then is the gospel of his humanity for which reason it is too that the character of a humble and meek man is kept up through the whole gospel mark on the other hand commences with a reference to the prophetical spirit coming down from on high to men saying the beginning of the gospel of jesus christ as it is written in esaias the prophet pointing to the winged aspect of the gospel and on this account he made a compendious and cursory narrative for such is the prophetical character and the word of god himself used to converse with the anti-mosaic patriarchs in accordance with his dignity and glory but for those under the law he instituted a sacerdotal and liturgical service afterwards being made man for us he sent the gift of the celestial spirit over all the earth protecting us with his wings such then as was the course followed by the son of god so was also the form of the living creatures and such as was the form of the living creatures so was also the character of the gospel for the living creatures are quadriform and the gospel is quadriform as is also the course followed by the lord for this reason were four principal covenants given to the human race one prior to the deluge under adam the second after the deluge under noah the third the giving of the law under moses the fourth that which renovates man and sums up all things in itself by means of the gospel raising and bearing men upon its wings into the heavenly kingdom nine these things being so 
all who destroy the form of the gospel are vain unlearned and also audacious those i mean who represent the aspects of the gospel as being either more in number than as aforesaid or on the other hand fewer the former class do so that they may seem to have discovered more than is of the truth the latter that they may set the dispensations of god aside for marcion rejecting the entire gospel yea rather cutting himself off from the gospel boasts that he has part in the blessings of the gospel others again the montanists that they may set at naught the gift of the spirit which in the latter times has been by the good pleasure of the father poured out upon the human race do not admit that aspect of the evangelical dispensation presented by john's gospel in which the lord promised that he would send the paraclete but set aside at once both the gospel and the prophetical spirit wretched men indeed who wish to be pseudo-prophets forsooth but who set aside the gift of prophecy from the church acting like those the encretite who on account of such as come to hypocrisy hold themselves aloof from the communion of the brethren we must conclude moreover that these men the montanists cannot admit the apostle paul either for in his epistle to the corinthians he speaks expressly of prophetical gifts and recognizes men and women prophesying in the church sinning therefore in all these particulars against the spirit of god they fall into the irremissible sin but those who are from valentinus being on the other hand altogether reckless while they put forth their own compositions boast that they possess more gospels than there really are indeed they have arrived at such a pitch of audacity as to entitle their comparatively recent writing the gospel of truth though it agrees in nothing with the gospels of the apostles so that they have really no gospel which is not full of blasphemy for if what they have published is the gospel of truth and yet is totally unlike those which have been handed down to us from the apostles any who please may learn as is shown from the scriptures themselves that that which has been handed down from the apostles can no longer be reckoned the gospel of truth but that these gospels alone are true and reliable and admit neither an increase nor diminution of the aforesaid number i have proved by so many and such arguments for since god made all things in due proportion and adaptation it was fit also that the outward aspect of the gospel should be well arranged and harmonized the opinion of those men therefore who handed the gospel down to us having been investigated from their very fountain-heads let us proceed also to the remaining apostles and inquire into their doctrine with regard to god then in due course we shall listen to the very words of the lord End of Book 3, Chapter 11